Biani Warrior Podcast, Episode 20, sitting down with Coach Max of the Fitsmith. everybody and welcome to episode 20 of the Miami Warrior podcast. Once again, I am your host, Guru Mike Panna, chief instructor and founder of the Miami Warrior Martial Arts Academy, located right here in the sunny Dallas, Texas area. In today's episode, I sit down with Coach Max from the Fitzsmith, located in the Las Colinas region of Irving, Texas. Uh, now, Coach Max and I were linked up uh, by our mutual friend, Kuya Rico, uh, who trains both at the Bionic Warrior Martial Arts Academy as well as at the Fitzsmith. Uh, Kuya Rico was able to link us both together, and Coach Max was kind enough to allow me to teach a three-day seminar over at his facility in Irving. In today's episode, we sit down and discuss Asian American entrepreneurship, uh, how to balance your family life and your business life, and much more. So without further ado, here's my interview with Coach Max of the Fitsmith. All right, everybody, I am with Coach Max of the Fitsmith, located in Irving, Texas, in the Las Colinas region. Um, today, we're going to talk about topics such as not just fitness, uh, but also entrepreneurship, uh, family life, and a lot more. So, Coach Max, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Mike. Um, glad to be here. All right, so let's start uh, from the beginning. So, you know, you have a very unique business here. We met, obviously, through uh, you know our buddy Rico, uh, who trains with us in Bionic Warrior Martial Arts, but also here at the Fitsmith. He kind of connected us. Um, and I've heard so many good things about uh, the Fitsmith and what you guys offer. Uh, but before we get to all those cool things, why don't we talk about stuff from the beginning and uh, how you got your start in fitness and in the health industry? Sure. Um, you know, growing up, I've always been into sports and fitness, obviously, like most boys. Um, when I moved here from Thailand when I was 11, you know, uh, the Cowboys, of course, won, you know, three Super Bowls, really into football. So I realized that that's something I want to really uh, get into. So once I got into it, I realized I was a lot weaker than other kids. So, you know, I wanted to get stronger and faster. And that's how I can get into fitness. Uh, you know, I really want to talk about, you know, your move here. And I, you know, I, we both lived in Thailand. You're, you were born and raised there for a while. I actually lived in Thailand for three years. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. And I think that kind of lends to your story about how you're able to kind of overcome, you know, whatever obstacles you came here as a youth and, you know, able to start this awesome business. So uh, what was it like for you coming from a country totally different than, just, you know, here we're in Texas. I mean, that's a completely different change of pace. Uh, what was that like for you to move at that kind of that pivotal age as a teenager? And uh, how did you think, how do you think that helped you fortify yourself to become a business owner today? Sure. Um, I would say the language barrier was the biggest thing. You know, I, I mean, obviously we learn English as a kid in Thailand, but it doesn't translate when you try to talk to people, conversing with people, understanding the dialect and the, how fast they're speaking. Uh, I think that was the toughest part. But I would say I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad's side of family owned construction business in Thailand. My mom owned a hair salon here. And all my uncles uh, either own restaurants or uh, mechanic. they're all mechanics. So, you know, I think it kind of runs in my blood. What's kind of funny is that my mom has never pushed me to be an entrepreneur. She wanted me to, you know, go to school, get a college degree, work for corporate which is odd because, you know, she made something out of herself. Um, you know, you would think that she does something that she wants for her son. But after working corporate for a while, I realized that this is something I want to do is to start something, make something out of it and grow it. Nice. So, um, 
you know, that's really interesting that you mentioned that because I was talking to my brother a few months ago. You know, we as Asian Americans, when our families come, when our parents come here to this country to make a better life for us, um, they tend to be hustlers, right? They'll go and they'll make their own businesses and they'll sell whatever and they'll make whatever or cook whatever and they'll eventually rise to the top somehow, right? Um, and us as the Asian American generation, you know, they try to tell us to keep us safe. And I find it so fascinating that, you know, you even though you come from this background of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs and uh, business owners, you know, there's just still this sense in the Asian American culture, and Asian culture specifically, that wants us as Asian Americans to play it safe, even though we we have a lot more opportunity than they had. Um, and so, you know, as an Asian American entrepreneur, what were some of the uh, challenges uh, from you know, maybe friends, family, was there anything, any, any uh, kind of pushback from you starting uh, the Fitzman? I would say a lot of doubt, you know. Um, obviously, I think as being a new parent myself, Obviously, I want my kids to be successful. However, I want them to be safe first and foremost. So I totally understand how you know most Asian parents like want their kids to be doctors and lawyers, or work for corporate because you know there's four hundred one k there's benefits and stuff in it. Uh, but I think most if you have entrepreneurial uh, blood in your in your body, you would want something that's more than that. Absolutely. So let's fast forward a little bit and let's talk about, you know, your health and fitness background a little bit. Um, you know, you mentioned it a little bit before your experience in sports. Uh, what was the pivotal moment as a kid uh, that made you realize, you know, this might be a path that I want to be on? So I know I had mentioned that I got into fitness because of sports, but true story is that I lost an arm wrestling match to somewhat of a bully in eighth grade. You know, I kind of want to put him in his place, which is the worst thing to do is to, like, put someone in their place because that's not how you approach things. But then again, you're, you're in eighth grade, right? Um, but anyways, uh, once I lost that uh, arm wrestling match, I realized I needed to get stronger. So uh, my mom always had, like, five-pound dumbbells laying around, so I just started lifting, grabbing magazines off the shelf. I think it's, like, muscle and fitness, flex. Uh, I think muscular development was the other one. So I read those religiously, started following their eating program, started training like they do. Um, I love it because it was the one thing in my life, as always, that the more I put into it, the more I get out of it. So that was like the pivotal moment. And ever since then, I've always been a fitness nerd. I've always uh, took interest in fitness, but want to learn more and more each day. Nice. So you're, uh, and I find it so fascinating. I always want to go back to the arm wrestling story because and this, and the reason I say that is because I think there is something, and we talk a lot about ma masculinity and manhood on this show. There's something in young men, young boys, where there's that competitive drive, right? There's that competitive spirit. And it's so funny how even something that seems so minuscule and so irrelevant as such as like an arm wrestling match in eighth grade can really change the trajectory of your life and your mission. Um, so after that moment, um, you know, as you progress in you know, learning more about fitness and obviously I'm assuming getting certifi certified and various things, um, you know, taking it to the people. How did you take your skills? Because this is a big city. I mean, there's a lot of uh, personal trainers in this city. I mean, you go on Google, you'll find a million of them. Um, how did you, first of all, work up the courage to get out there on your own and start hustling and being that uh, fitness guy? And also, how are you able to set yourself apart from everyone else that's out there? I would say... Uh what probably set me apart from most everyone is that I definitely try to live the way I preach. You know, I'm not perfect by any means. You know, we all have our flaws. But if I'm going to tell someone to do something, I better, you know, do it before I tell someone to do it. And I would say the 
the reason I'm here today is because I listen to my clients. I make their goals my priority, not my agenda theirs. So I would say that, you know, by having that relationship with people, learning that they're going to mess up, not judging them and making sure that they always continue on their path. That's what makes us really different than most other gyms out there. And talking about what makes you unique, um, you know, if you walk in and anyone listening to this, I highly recommend please go off East Royal Lane in Irving, Texas, drop by the Fitsmith. You'll notice that they're set up. First of all, one of the first things that you see is that this place is clean. I mean, this place is immaculately clean. Second thing is just the way everything is designed. So when you were first designing the Fitsmith, what was your image in mind? I'm sure that obviously this is it, but you know, what we're looking at right now outside this window. But, you know, what was your goal in starting the Fitsmith and what did you want it to do that was different than, say, all the different gyms that are out here? You know, um, so my my fitness training background is obviously personal training. What I realized is that personal training is very limited as far as people that can afford it. One-on-one mm -hmm. uh, -on -one training is great, you know, but at the end it's probably for more like the top 1% to 5% of the population out there. So when I started the bus this business, I knew that personal training would help change people, uh, people's lives. But how do I make that affordable, mm -hmm. right? So that came about our business model, this small group personal training. Uh, most other gyms try to do small group personal training, but it ended up being a group class. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they may have like eight people in class, but everybody's doing the same thing. So when I designed this place out, I figured, you know what, okay, if I were to bring that to, to the masses, I need to be, first of all, stand out by personalize each workout to each person's goals, needs, and abilities, and also make it affordable. Um, and the way if uh, you ever come by our gym, our gym is half turf, half rubber flooring, because obviously, you know, strength training is a big part of uh, you looking better and getting stronger. But also, movement is a huge part of training as well. So the turf is for you to crawl, jump, run around, push the sled on. You know, if you don't move, if you don't use your body to move the way it's designed to, you're gonna lose that capacity in the long run. Very cool. And yeah, again, like he's saying, guys, if you ever drop by here, this is one of those places. I mean, I've never seen a place that looks this, not just this clean, but this uh, balanced in terms of the equipment, the things that you can do. Uh, so guys, definitely check it out. So uh, now let's move it into, you know, uh, the lifestyle of, you know, being a business owner. And uh, this is something that a lot of our listeners are very interested in. Uh, you are the father of how many kids? Two kids and one on the way. So you're gonna, you're father of three kids, uh, you know, married a father of three, um, and how do you find the ability to keep everything in balance? Because I have one kid, and that's already a lot of work. Uh, you have two right now, and another one on the way. You know, dealing with all, of course, the pressures of providing for the family and everything like that. How do you balance your time uh, between your entrepreneurial endeavor and your family life? Sure. Um, as I said earlier, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. And I would just say that the way I balance my work-life balance, being a father, being an entrepreneur, being, you know, a fitness uh, person is to, I just take it day by day. You know, obviously I have my schedule that I stick with, but I'll tell you what, the first uh, few months we open this, I rarely see my family. I see them at night, a few hours, go to sleep, wake up, repeat, you know. Um, and that took a toll on my wife a big because, you know, how can you be at home alone with two kids all the time? So I could see that was affecting, uh, you know, that was really um, hurting our family dynamics. And I really wanted to make sure that uh, I get better with that. So now I have a better schedule. Uh, I make sure that, you know, certain days I'm at home. I take one or two shifts off a week to make sure I spend time with them at home. 
And that's amazing because you know, I know a lot of business owners who get totally lost. And this is very easy for us. And I'm, I'm one of them, honestly. Like it's very easy for us to get so caught up in our business, so caught up in uh, pushing what we need to do to provide for our family that we forget that not only do we need to provide for our family, but we need to be there and present for our family, right? So that's a really uh, inspiring thing to hear that. So now um, as a husband, as a father, um, and as a business owner, how have you integrated your family? I met your wife here when I first came, um, you know, and I noticed that a lot of the guys here, you know, they probably bring their wives, they probably bring their, you know, their family members here. Um, what have you done to integrate your family into your business life? So, um, you know, my wife actually helped us run the bookkeeping, a lot of admin part of the business. And, you know, like uh, when, when we first met, uh, she was already into fitness. So that really helps. You know, that's something that we both enjoy. Um, you know, I would say before we met, we were probably more um, she was already a single mother. I was just a single man. And my priorities then was that myself and my fitness. Right. So now as we get to fast forward to this day, now my priority is I need to be a better father, a better husband first, then entrepreneur than a fitness person. Um, I think when I first started the business, entrepreneur was like the first and foremost. Husband and father was second and fitness was last, of course. But you know, as we as we move along, I, I realize that I can't be everything to everyone and I need to put the first things first and that's being a father and a husband. Absolutely. Um, so now uh, let's kind of talk about, you know, uh, business. Let's just talk about you know, one business owner to the other. Um, what are you doing in terms of every day? Let's talk. Let's map out a day. How do you start your day? Um, and then what does it look like at the very end? Because I know there's a lot of business owners that, you know, they get up, they have, a, they have to abide by a certain routine and they end the day on a certain note. So what does a day in the life of Coach Max look like? So I usually wake up about 5 a.m. Uh, the thing that I like to do is I wash my face with cold water. Uh, that just wakes you right up, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of my routine in the morning. Uh, good days, I'll try to meditate for five minutes just to clear my head. Then I kind of information overload myself by either, okay, check my emails, uh, you know, maybe just read a couple of news articles that's pertaining to my job. Um, get to work. I usually train from six to about eight o'clock in the morning. Then I get caught up on my actual emails, answer them. Uh, I usually have my mid-morning appointments. Uh, right workouts, mid-morning, um, lunch, uh, have more sessions. Sometimes I have mid-afternoon sessions, but now usually uh, early afternoon, that's when I get my workout in, right? Um, mid-afternoon, that's when I have a team, uh, meeting with my team to go about, like, you know, which clients need help, which clients need um, certain things and whatnot. Then we start our evening shift. Usually that goes from 5 to 8. After that, um, I try to wrap up my day by answer more emails, uh, making sure that everybody's taken care of. I go home, uh, try to get a good meal in, you know, spend time with my family, uh, get good sleep, start over. Is there, uh, I, I found that very interesting that you meditate every morning. Why is that important to you as part of your ideal daily setup? Why is meditation part of that particular routine? Now, uh, I say I try to, <laughs> but on a good day, I, I do it um, because you know what? I train my physical body. I'm really good at that. Like I, I have a discipline to do that. But what I realize is that I don't exercise my mind, right? So if I were to be, uh, you know, if I were really good, I could control my physical body, but I can't control my mind, then I'm not really in a good health per se, right? So, um, 
so you know my our mind is one of those things you have to be able to train to control it because otherwise it just start running you know absolutely. everywhere yeah. absolutely kid definitely keeps you focused definitely slows time down a little bit um, so as we end the end of this interview I was really curious and there's this is something I like to ask a lot of business owners um, you know are, is there any type of book or any types of articles that you're currently reading to make yourself better at your job um, are there any books that you would recommend to other business owners and are there any books that you are interested in reading yourself to better yourself at your profession Sure. Uh, one that you can see right now uh, that red book it says the power of habit by Charles Duhigg um, very, very good. Um, it kind of makes you understand why we kind of go through about the, our day. Um, you know, it kind of makes you recognize like certain cue, certain reward that you might have throughout the day. So if your goal is to lose weight and you're overeating, you know, that book will really help you find the cues for those things. Or maybe if your goal is to be more productive and you're wasting time on social media or whatever it is out there, that's going to really help you identify those things. Very cool, man. Okay, so uh, that is uh, almost wrapping up the show. But before we end, I'd like to ask you a question. I ask this to all of our guests here. Um, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a hero? To be a hero, um, I think that's very subjective. You know, sometimes people want to be as macho and masculine as possible as a man to be a hero. I think being a hero is just being uh, someone that can, uh, you know, support their family in the right way. You know, not um, not being a uh, over masculine, not being um, you know selfish, being be able to put others first and making sure that they're well taken care of. All right. So uh, why don't you give us some more information uh, for our listeners here who are interested in the Fitsmith, how they can reach you and how they can find you. Sure. You can call. Uh, you can call me directly nine seven two five three four three one one one. Love to talk to you guys. Or you can. Uh, Send us an email. My personal email is max at thefistsmith.com. All right, Coach Max, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening to episode 20 of the Binding Warrior podcast. Take care. God bless. Remember to be the hero in your life.